Weird Obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and we're listening to Blood Kiss by Karen Chebin. This psychological suspense novel blends romance with creepy thrills to keep you glued to your seat. One reviewer says, This story is full of twists and turns, mystery, drama, suspense, and romance. So put your earbuds in and let's see if sparks fly between Alicia and Mike. Four. Pacey gripped the steering wheel as a bead of sweat trickled down his face. His nerves skittered through him like a rat on crack. She'd spent a long time in young guns. What were they doing to her in there? He couldn't just walk in and see if she was all right. He had no reason to be here, and she may get suspicious if he just showed up out of nowhere. So he sat there, waiting for her to reappear as he chomped on Tic Tacs. Nausea nearly overtook him as he waited, but then her smiling face exited the store. Her beauty outshone the evening sky as the sun spread its final glorious colors. The nausea subsided for a brief moment, but then he saw him. A huge monster of a man followed her out to her car. The oaf put what looked like a safe in her trunk. Pacey nervously tossed a few more Tic Tacs in his mouth as the two stood and talked for a few moments. He played with the flap top on the box, popping it open and closed as the man went to his truck. When the dumb oaf drove away, relief flooded Pacey. He's just a worker who simply helped her carry something heavy. The guy looked like the type who'd have a menial job like that, and just because the oaf talked to her didn't mean he had intentions towards her. Besides, she'd never go for his type. He was burly, disgusting tattoos marked his arms, and his eyes were dead, like a shark's. Alicia was well-bred lady, and this man was obviously beneath her. But she was the kind of woman who showed kindness to everyone. That explained their short conversation at her trunk. Kindness was one of the characteristics that he liked most about her. But the reality that some man could enter her life turned his blood cold. Maybe he needed to move up his timeline. He shivered and started his car, ready to follow her home. It was easy to stay a few car lengths behind her. He just blended in. Nothing unusual about him or his truck. That was one thing about himself that he hated. When people saw him, they only saw an average-looking nice guy. He'd never been able to date the hot girls. They'd always passed him up for someone better-looking or cooler. But then she walked into his life. She looked at him, truly stared into his soul and branded her mark upon his heart. She saw how intelligent he was. She took the time to realize that he had something to offer a woman, and he intended to offer all of himself in return. The dumb oaf in the black truck managed to stop at nearly every light. What a pussy. He drives worse than a grandma. Pacey mumbled to himself as he followed Alicia's car from a distance. Pacey often talked to himself in his car and at home. No one else cared to hear his opinion. No one else but Alicia. When he talked to her, he felt their connection. Her eyes penetrated him as she offered herself to him, absorbing every word he said, and he couldn't wait to penetrate her. He'd fantasized about their coupling. How would it feel to be inside her? Feel her breath on his face. He needed to stop this train of thought 
He was getting hard as images overplayed through his mind. The dumb oaf turned into the iron sight's shooting range. Pacey's heart constricted as Alicia followed the truck into the lot. Pacey entered the parking lot and pulled in backwards into a parking space where he could see them. It was perfect. He could see the entrance, their cars, and into iron sights through the cafe windows. His sweaty hands gripped the steering wheel. The dumb oaf was making a move on his woman. That was the only explanation for them meeting here. She's on a date, roared through his head, echoing again and again as the thought ruthlessly bombarded him. He frantically rubbed his temples as he tried to shake off the thought of her with another man. When Alicia and Mike entered the shooting range, Pacey sat like a statue in his car. The clock on the dashboard taunted him as minutes turned to an hour. She'd been with the, she'd been with the dumb oaf far too long. Pacey knew what men were like, how easily their minds wandered to sex. He knew the man would take advantage of the shooting lessons. He could imagine the oaf's beefy arms wrapped around her as he showed her how to stand and hold the gun. The dumb oaf probably had his nose buried deep in her hair, inhaling her scent as he wrapped his arms around her body, pretending to help her with the gun. Then he saw her. Casey's heart calmed as she slipped into the booth by the window. He wiped his sweaty hands on his thighs and focused on his breathing. He inhaled slowly through his nose and out through his mouth, just like the psychiatrist instructed. The shrink was an idiot but every once in a while he had a good idea. The breathing trick was the one golden nugget in a bucket of shitty shale the shrink considered good advice. As Pacey sat watching her, he knew his view was about to be ruined. Sure enough, the big oaf managed to squeeze his massive body between the booth seat and the table. It was impossible to look at her beauty without seeing the dumb oaf in the periphery. At least they weren't sitting side by side with their bodies touching. Pacey didn't think he would be able to passively sit in his car while that man soiled her creamy skin. He wished he could be a fly on the wall and listen to their conversation. For some reason, she kept smiling. Was this brute actually interesting? Pacey couldn't imagine what she could see in the mangy dumb oaf that sat across from her. Pacey rubbed his temples and started planning in his mind. Things certainly had to be moved up. He couldn't risk her falling for the man that sat across from her. Pacey would need to rearrange some things in order to free himself for her. He didn't want there to be any reasons why she would feel guilty for being with him. Soon they would be able to freely express their feelings for each other. Had she sensed his presence? Perhaps she felt guilty for betraying him. He could forgive her that. She still hadn't grasped the effect she had on him. When Alicia and the dumb oaf got up from the table, Pacey's nerves collected in his stomach and roiled with tension. What were they going to do now? He watched as they exited the shooting range and walked to their cars. Thankfully, they didn't hold hands. Pacey wasn't sure what he'd do if he saw that. He didn't want to have to harm the man, but he would if he needed to. He would do anything to protect her honor. Pacey sat in stunned silence as the oaf placed his hands on her hips and brushed her perfect lips with his. 
Pacey gasped for breath, but there was none to be found inside the vacuum of the car. When their kiss ended, the air rushed back into the car and he could breathe again. He panted in the newfound air and returned to his stupid breathing trick as she pulled out and left the shooting range. Relief flooded Pacey when the dumb oaf didn't follow her. He knew she wasn't the kind of girl to invite a man back to her house on the first date. She was special. She was intended for him, and he didn't want anyone spoiling her for him. Pacey hated that he wouldn't be able to watch over her tonight. He would truly miss that. Sometimes he'd catch a glimpse of her through the window. He treasured those moments, but those precious moments would not be allowed tonight. Tonight, he had responsibilities that he couldn't escape. Five. Mike watched Alicia turn onto Highway 55 and studied the parking lot for any suspicious vehicles that looked to be tailing her. He hated that he wasn't following her home. It went against his gut instinct, but she hadn't asked him to follow her, and he didn't want to scare her off by being too pushy. He pulled out his cell and texted Scott that he was on his way to meet the guys. Mike didn't plan on staying long. He'd put in his time with his buddies and then check out her house. He was sure there were lots of hiding places for crazies. He'd locate them and see if the pervert left any evidence behind. Mike pulled into the crowded bar parking lot. He scanned the area and noticed the guy's vehicles. He sighed, frustrated that he was the last one to show. He hated being late and went against his training. Arriving on time was borderline late but showing up 15 minutes late was unacceptable. He knew he couldn't walk in late and not get a grilling. He shut the door of his truck and clicked the fob. The truck beeped as it locked. Cecilia had her eyes on Mike as soon as he entered the bar. She'd seen his friends in the empty chair at their table. She knew he'd eventually show. She'd been eyeing him for weeks, ever since he helped her when her car wouldn't start. When he'd jumped the car battery... He jump-started her heart as well. They shared a beer that following night when their paths crossed again at the bar, and she was hooked. He'd gone from being a good Samaritan to her target. He was the strong, silent type, which she normally didn't bother with. She typically liked her men a little more animated, flashy, but she made an exception for him, especially since he was smart and sexy as hell. Mike internally rolled his eyes as Cecilia strode towards him, making good time with those long legs of hers. He regretted their drink together. They had talked about mundane things, but she just didn't do it for him. She was nice enough, but not his type. He wasn't looking for a fling. He'd had enough of those in his younger years, and Cecilia would never be more than a fling. She didn't have the depth that he craved. He wanted a real relationship, the kind his parents had, the kind of relationship that lasts a lifetime. Even the way Cecilia dressed turned him off. Her skirt barely covered her ass. He was confident that she'd expose herself if she sat in that scrap of material. Her enormous fake boobs jiggled as she teetered on those stilts she called shoes. She was beautiful, but was clearly trying way too hard. Cecilia had thrown herself at him repeatedly. Apparently, she was unable to take the hint that he wasn't interested. 
Mike dodged her by cutting through a group of tables and zeroed in on his friends. He didn't bother looking over his shoulder at her. He wasn't interested in seeing her pout. Mike pulled the empty chair away from the table, and Scott sat straighter in his chair so his long legs didn't get in Mike's face. Mike avoided their stares and looked at the menu. He didn't need the menu. He knew that, and so did they. He hoped, rather than believed, that his delay tactic would work, or that they'd take the hint and not rib him about being late. Scott couldn't help himself. Damsels in distress did not wander into his store every day, and of course this one would show up when Mike was there. Scott had filled the others in on her story and Mike's reaction to her. You're late, Scott said, a sly smile on his lips. He lifted his beer and took a sip, never taking his eyes off of Mike. That's no surprise, Mike stated, facing Scott directly. I texted you. Mike looked around for a waitress and got Julia's attention with a wave. She gave him a nod and headed towards him. Cole set his beer on the table and rubbed his hand over the scruff on his chin. He'd been letting it grow out. He got used to it when he was in the service. Now he felt naked with a bare face. Besides, it was much easier to disguise his thoughts when his face was hidden. It made him harder to read. Thanks for the heads up, Cole said. He leaned back in his chair and crossed his arms over his chest. Now we need the deets. Deets, Mike huffed. If they thought he was filling them in on the tiny details of his life, they were wrong. I had something to do. It made me late, he shrugged dismissively. Mike's cell sat heavy on his hip while he waited for Alicia's text. He needed to know she was all right. With each passing minute, the burn in his chest intensified. He wasn't sure how long it would take her to get home, but he figured that she would be home soon. Julia stopped beside Mike, placed a hand on his shoulder, and said, You eating? Or just drinking tonight? She tucked her brown hair behind her ear. Just drinking, Mike said with a smile. He had practically grown up with Julia, but he couldn't look at her without thinking of his sister. She'd been Amy's best friend for so long, but that was over now. Now the only time he saw Julia was at the bar, and he couldn't decide if he liked seeing her or not. It was bittersweet. I'll take a new castle, he said with a nod of appreciation. Coming your way, Julia said, as her eyes flit around the faces of men at the table. Then she turned and cut her way through the maze of tables and chairs towards the bar. I thought we were eating dinner, Tyson said, holding out his hands in confusion. I ordered a burger. He pointed to the guys and said, They order food. What's up, you bailing on us? Mike's cell chirped as the text came in. He pulled it from his belt clip and read the screen. Inside. Safe and sound. Thanks for your help. The burn in his chest subsided now that he knew she was safe. He was not surprised by her use of the smiley face emoji. She seemed like the kind of girl that sprinkled happy emojis everywhere she went. He sent her a short text and returned the cell phone to the belt clip. He didn't mention his plans for tonight. No need to freak her out. What? Tyson leaned forward and gripped the handle on his beer mug. I asked you a question and you ignore me. No reply? He smiled as if he saw into Mike's head and knew that Mike was already in too deep. Mike glared at him. 
I have things to do tonight. Logan let out a low rumble of a laugh. I bet you do. And she's not here. He looked around at the women at the bar. He'd watched women stare at Mike too long in this bar without him responding. It didn't seem natural for a man to be so oblivious to hot women trying to pick him up. Hell, he loved it when the ladies showered him with attention. Cole shot Mike a cocky smile and asked, That her? Who? Mike replied. He shot a glare at Scott. Scott was worse than a bunch of church ladies in a prayer chain when it came to gossip. He couldn't keep his mouth shut. You know who, Scott said, leaning forward and resting his arms on the table. Are you playing innocent? Tyson chuckled, his white teeth in stark contrast with his dark skin. The girl from the store. What's her name? He paused for effect, a smart-ass smile on his face. Alicia, right? He looked to Scott for confirmation. Mike wanted to smack the smile off of Scott's face as he sat there chuckling along with the others. He should have known that Scott would share this tidbit of information. Yeah, Alicia. I hope you know what you're doing, Cole said. He lifted his beer and took another drink. He was all for Mike having a good time. But this certain girl may be crossing a few lines for him. Cole wasn't sure Mike would be able to handle it. And there wasn't much Mike couldn't handle. Julia stopped beside Mike and set down his beer. Your food's coming soon, she said to the others. Good to see you, Mike, she added. Hey, Julia, Mike started. Would you add a cheeseburger and fries to my order? He had a long night ahead of him. No need to listen to the rumble of his stomach all night. Of course, Julia replied. She patted his shoulder and walked away. Cole watched her leave, his eyes glancing to her backside. Heaven help him. He liked the sway of Julia's hips. He hadn't asked her out because of Mike and his stupid request that none of them date her. Cole knew Mike cared about Julia, but he knew it wasn't in a romantic way. Mike just watched out for her, maybe a little too possessively. He may need to talk about switching roles with him. He wouldn't mind watching out for Julia. He was certain he would enjoy watching all of her when he got the chance. Mike noticed Cole's lingering stare on Julia. Put your eyes back in your head, he warned. She's not for you. Cole turned and faced Mike, narrowing his eyes. Then he leaned forward and rested his big arms on the table. Is she for you? He already knew the answer to that. You know it's not like that, Mike replied. She's a good person. She's been through a lot. Cole barked a laugh and sat back in his seat. I don't deserve a good person? He held his hands out in fake astonishment. I haven't been through a lot? You haven't been through a lot. You've done a lot, Mike snorted. There's a difference. And you know what I mean. You're too much for her. Mike knew Julia wasn't his to control or obsess over. And he knew he shouldn't discourage a good man from liking her but he didn't want to see Julia get her heart broken or be stuck at work with Cole if it didn't work out with Julia. Cole snorted. I'm flattered that you think I'm too much man for her, but shouldn't she be the one to decide that? Tyson was sick of this played out scene. He'd heard both of them go at each other before, and he'd grown tired of their endless merry-go-round concerning Julia. He found it ludicrous that Mike interfered and pathetic that Cole let him. But he stayed out of it. 
He grew up in a house full of women and learned at an early age to keep his opinions to himself. Silence was the golden ticket to avoid the shrill wrath of his sisters. Tyson rapped his knuckles on the table. Hey, Julia's not the woman we're talking about right now. I want to know about Alicia. What's her story? From what he'd heard so far, this woman had the power to bring Mike to his knees. Mike peeled his eyes off a coal and looked at Tyson. He tossed his hand in a casual movement as he spoke. She needs help. I'm helping her. Scott cleared his throat and slowly spun his beer in a circle as it sat on the table. His face went from jovial to serious. You know I were concerned, he stated. I hope you know what you're doing. Mike breathed deeply and scrubbed his hand down his face. He knew Alicia's situation was a minefield for him. His emotions were already at stake in this situation, and he'd only spent a few hours with her. Alicia wasn't just another job to him. He was helping someone out. She's in danger. Yeah, we figured that part out, Tyson said. When you're ready to deal with reality, let us know. Mike drummed his fingers on the table. You know I can't walk away. The guys slowly nodded. They understood that. They wouldn't have been able to either. Julia stepped up to their table, balancing plates on a large round tray. Here you go, guys. She set the food on the table as the men sat in silence with their arms crossed. She was used to them sitting quietly as she set the food on the table. They weren't big talkers. She liked that, actually. Usually a table of guys would say stupid stuff to her, and she'd have to flirt and banter back in order to get a good tip. She didn't have to play that game with these guys. And they were excellent tippers. Enjoy. Let me know if you need anything. The guys all silently nodded, and she walked away. Mike hadn't recovered from the loss of his sister, and he knew Julia still carried the scars. He just didn't know how to help her, so he tried to protect her heart. He needed to feel like he was doing something useful. This situation with Alicia is a minefield for you, Logan said. He picked up the ketchup bottle and squeezed some onto his burger. He didn't really have any advice. He learned a long time ago that giving advice was meaningless. People were going to do what they were going to do, whether it made sense or not. He had no idea what was going on in Mike's head, and he certainly didn't understand Mike's motivations. He doubted that Mike fully grasped his own motivations for helping Alicia. Tyson grabbed a fry. Just be careful. He popped the fry into his mouth, biting through the crispy outside and burning his tongue on the soft inside. Hot, he said, pointing at his fries. But good. The guy's been at her house, Mike said. He wasn't sure how much to tell them, but he would probably need their help at some point so he figured it wouldn't hurt to give them a little information. He's leaving things for her. From what she said, it's progressing. Cole shook his head. They'd all seen the aftermath of a psycho's unhinged behavior. Crazy's always left a wide path of destruction. I understand, man. You do what you have to do. His burger looked tiny in his hands. Let me know if you need any help. Mike took another swig of his beer and then started on his burger. He thought about how he would play this with Alicia. He didn't want to scare her more, but she needed to understand how dangerous the situation was and that she needed his help 
in more ways than learning how to fire a gun. He hoped she'd never have to use the gun. Killing someone changes you, even if it's justified. He knew how to carry that weight. He didn't want her to have to live with that burden, too. The guys chatted while they ate. Mike wanted to text Alicia, tell her that he was coming over, but their relationship hadn't progressed to that stage yet. He didn't want to impose on her. He'd have to settle for seeing her tomorrow. Some things wouldn't wait until the light of day. Tonight, he was going to look through the eyes of her stalker. Alicia felt great when she was with Mike. He was so strong and confident that she couldn't help but absorb some of that positive energy. But as she drove away from him, the positive energy was replaced with fear and negativity. She hated that she felt that way. She tried to hide her fear and concern from her friends and co-workers, but as the situation progressed, she couldn't hide it. She tried singing along to the music as she drove away from iron sights. She loved belting out the tunes, but as she pulled into her neighborhood, she couldn't form the words or follow the beat of the music. All she could focus on was the fact that someone was after her and she'd be alone in her house. She knew Mike was waiting for her text, and she appreciated his concern, but she also knew that if her stalker showed up, Mike would never get to her in time. She clicked the garage remote. The door slowly rolled up as she pulled into her driveway. She glanced around the outside of the house, looking for anyone hiding in the bushes, but all she saw was the neighbor's cat zipping across her yard and disappearing into an evergreen tree by the garage. She slowly eased into the garage, trying to look in her rearview mirror to make sure no one slipped in with her. Once inside, she turned off the car and clicked the button again. The door rolled down, locking her in. Her heart pulsed quickly as she tried to rein in her nervousness. She swallowed hard and opened her car door. She couldn't continue like this. It wasn't right, and it needed to end. She looked around the garage and sighed with relief. Her house alarm hadn't been triggered, so she assumed she'd be safe once she got inside. She popped open the trunk and pulled out her gun. Staring at it, she felt its weight in her hand. After Mike's help, she had more confidence with the gun, but she didn't know if she'd be able to actually hit an attacker. She had so little experience and was concerned that fear would affect her aim. Alicia grabbed her purse and slammed her car door. She walked to the door that led into the house. She slipped her house key into the lock, opened the door, and stepped inside, flipping on the lights. The alarm beeped steadily as the timer counted down. She watched the numbers tick down and knew she had plenty of time to turn it off. A wry chuckle escaped as she acknowledged the fact that if someone wanted to hurt her, he'd have plenty of time before the police arrived. Alicia punched in the numbers and the beeping shut off. She loved the house's floor plan. The open-concept kitchen looked into the family room, making it feel like one big room. She glanced around the room. Nothing seemed out of place. The morning dishes still sat in the sink. That was one of the nice things about being single. Any mess was her mess, and she didn't have to worry about annoying anyone else. She set the gun down on the counter and decided that she'd have to ask Mike to carry in the lockbox when he arrived tomorrow. 
Perhaps she'd get another good view of his muscles. Alicia dug in her purse and pulled out her cell. She typed in a text to Mike to let him know that she was safe. She used to text her parents when she needed help, but they were no longer an option. She set her cell down on the table and let out a big breath of frustration and sadness. A tear trickled down her cheek as she looked at the picture of the family she used to be a part of. Seconds could change the world. She snorted. A mere second changed her world. She went to the dog crate and opened the door. Forrest bounded out of the crate and chased his tail. After several rotations, he propped his paws on Alicia's thighs and licked her face as she knelt to cuddle him. I love you too, she crooned. Her nails dug through his coat as she scratched behind his ears. You're a good dog. I'm sorry that I have to crate you when I'm gone, but I can't have you setting off the motion detector. Once this whack job is caught, you'll have free reign of the house again. She hated that this mess affected Forrest, too, turning him into a prisoner. Sitting all day in a crate sounded horrible. Forrest rushed to the patio door and barked once. I know, I know. Alicia opened the patio door. Forrest darted into the fenced-in backyard to do his thing. She watched him race around, expending some of that pent-up energy, and then she closed the door and locked it. In the past, she hadn't felt the need to lock the patio door while Forrest did his thing. But all that changed when the flowers arrived. The security that she once took for granted was gone, and in its place was fear. But she refused to wallow in fear. No, she would fight back. She would live life to its fullest because she knew how quickly life evaporated. Alicia walked to the refrigerator and pulled out a soda. Her cell chirped alerting her to Mike's reply. She went back to her cell and read his message. It was simple and direct. No flirting. A little part of her was disappointed that he didn't write something witty or flirty. But she also wasn't too surprised. He didn't seem like a poet. He seemed tough and strong. Stringing together a bunch of pretty words was not his specialty. And even though he was to the point in his text, she knew in her gut that he was attracted to her. She'd felt it in his kiss. Forrest scratched at the door. She peeked out the window and saw him circling on the patio. She opened the door and the furry bundle, bounded in and headed straight for his food bowl. He paced and looked up at her, silently begging her for food. I know, you're hungry. She opened the pantry and pulled out his food. As the bag rustled, he circled the food bowl and let out a few barks. She scooped his dinner into the bowl and he stepped away. She couldn't help but smile as Forrest devoured his food. He was just too cute. Will Mike like Forrest? Will Forrest like Mike? Forrest was her connection to her parents. They'd rescued him from a shelter when she left for college, and they'd become empty nesters. Her parents had loved him, and now she did too. As Forrest chomped away at his food, Alicia loaded the dishwasher. She straightened up the counters and kept glancing at her gun. She liked knowing it was there. When Forrest yipped at her feet, she glanced to his bowl. The beast had devoured his food quickly. Good boy, she said as she rubbed him behind his ears. Should we cuddle on the couch? Forrest barked in reply. She walked past the kitchen table to the family room. The television remote lay on the coffee table. 
She picked it up and pressed the power button. The television came to life. The well-worn sofa cushion seemed to wheeze as she plopped on it, the way someone exhales when they take a punch to the stomach. She didn't want to watch the news. It was too depressing and could be downright scary at times. She went to the channel with her favorite sitcom and hit play. She needed a few laughs. She tossed the remote onto the cushion beside her. Forrest popped up and nestled himself against her thighs. Good boy, she said, stroking him behind the ears. As one show turned into another, her mind drifted to her stalker. When Mike asked her who could be a suspect, she honestly didn't know. She didn't think she knew anyone who was capable of this level of creepy but it did make sense that she'd know the guy. He'd been watching her without her realizing it for weeks. Perhaps she saw him at the grocery store or work. She ran into several single fathers at school. She tried to think of any recurring faces, but none came to mind. A loud screech from outside jerked her attention away from the television and towards the window. She stared at the window, not sure what to expect. Would the glass shatter and a hand reach through? Forrest hopped off the couch and bounded for the patio door. He snarled and barked like a hound from hell as he paced like a sentry. Alicia's adrenaline kicked in and her pulse pounded. She glanced over her shoulder towards the kitchen. Her Glock sat on the counter, screaming for her to pick it up. She stood quickly and strode to the gun. Wrapping her hand around the grip, she inhaled deeply and slowly breathed out, willing herself to calm down and think. This is probably nothing. She thought about racking the slide to put a bullet in the chamber, but she feared she'd accidentally pull the trigger and shoot. Instead, she gripped the slide and prepared to rack it if needed to. She tiptoed to the window and peeked around the blinds. She didn't see anyone on the patio. But Forrest still barked and paced by the door. His anxiety only added to hers. She knew he could smell and sense things that she couldn't. Alicia stared at the cell phone on the table. She thought about calling Mike, but she didn't want to blow something out of proportion and humiliate herself or annoy him. A loud crash outside sent another wave of adrenaline through her. She took a deep breath and faced her fear. Looking out the window toward the crashing sound, one of her flower pots had fallen from the potting bench and lay broken on the patio. Soil covered the stone pavers. The pot had been there stable for weeks. She knew it didn't just fall. Something knocked it. She kept her attention on the patio as she stretched to grab her cell. A dark mass sprung across the patio. She jerked her gun hand in surprise and dropped her cell back onto the table. She racked the slide, preparing the first bullet to be fired. Her heart raced. She could literally hear her blood pounding through her body. She tried to remember the shooting stance Mike had shown her. She held the gun out in front of her. Her hands were shaking slightly. Forrest circled in front of the door, barking and snarling. Then he quickly dashed to the window in the family room and growled as he ran the length of the sofa. She followed him, willing herself to be brave, reminding herself that she was brave. She lowered the gun to her side and peeked from the side of the curtain. A neighbor's cat skittered across the backyard and disappeared from sight. Forrest settled down and circled on the floor. Damn cat, she muttered. She kept the gun pointed to the floor and cursed. Now she had a chambered round to worry about. 
Gun ownership was new to her. So much had been thrown at her today that she struggled to recall how to remove the bullet from the chamber. She huffed and rolled her eyes. She was tempted to pick up her cell and call Mike. He'd probably come over and help her deal with the chambered round, but then she'd have to admit that she'd been terrified of a cat. Her pride won out. The cell remained on the table, and she didn't call him. Alicia would ask him tomorrow to walk her through the process of clearing the chambered round. She clicked off the television and went upstairs to her bedroom. Forrest silently followed her. She locked the bedroom door and set the gun on her nightstand. Then she walked to the alarm pad and armed the system to night mode. The first floor was now off limits. If anything moved down there, the alarm would sound. Mama's going to take a bath, she said, scratching behind Forrest's ears. You going to be my guard dog? She asked as she headed to the ensuite bathroom. Forrest's nails tapped against the tile floor. She sat on the platform around the garden tub and turned on the water. A bottle of her favorite body wash was near the faucet. This was definitely a bubble-worthy night. She popped open the lid and poured the cucumber-melon-scented gel into the rushing water. Not wanting to waste time, she brushed her teeth and pulled her hair up into a messy bun. Then she watched the bubbles foam as she got undressed. Forrest barked a few times and stared at her as she slowly slipped into the water. The water still flowed into the tub, and the cascading water swirled at her feet. She did her best to let the warm water dissolve the tension of the day. Forrest looked up at her from beside the tub, his tail wagging. She lifted her hand out of the tub and sprinkled some water on his head. He barked and continued to wag his tail. She did it again. He seemed to enjoy their little game. She stopped when his hair drooped into his eyes. Once the water started to turn cold, she opened the drain and got out. She slipped into her warm pajamas and headed towards her bed. She was exhausted, and the bath had done its job. She was relaxed and ready for sleep. She pulled back the covers and slipped beneath their warmth. Forrest hopped onto the bed and settled by her feet. She looked one last time at the Glock on her nightstand and turned off the light. I hope you enjoyed chapters 4, 5, and 6 of Blood Kiss. On Tuesday, Pacey spies on Alicia in order to convince himself that she's not cheating on him. Mike goes on a recon mission to see if he can learn anything about the stalker. You can find Karen's other novels on Amazon. Many are free to read with Kindle Unlimited. You can also follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively to keep up with the various novels and authors that we will feature. Do you want to be a part of my secret obsession? I'm looking for secrets and tattletales to read aloud on the podcast. Do you know any small town secrets? Have you had a brush with danger that rocked your world? Are supernatural activities or hauntings keeping you up at night? Write your story and send it to mysecretobsessionpodcast at gmail.com.